Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Who's ready for the Word? Man, sometimes we just need to, like, not go through the motions. It's so easy to go through the motions sometimes, like, and mouth the words, but sometimes you just got to press into truth. You have to press into truth because there's so much lies being thrown at us sometimes that we have to take the time to press into the truth so we can stand on it. Are you with me? So I want to share a a word with you um, that that God's been challenging me on, um, and I I just believe that that God's going to give you an impartation this morning. Is that what you want? Like we want to walk away this morning knowing him more? Right? I don't need to know myself more. I got to know him more. The more I know about myself, the less I like myself. I got to know him. Right? I got to know him. Amen? All right. So let's go to uh, John chapter 14. And we're going to start in verse 23. And then we're going to go to the end of the chapter. Who, who's been here for uh, the Blind Sots and Conversion series? I mean, what... What an awesome series. I was, I was talking to Pastor Gwynmar in the, in the back before service and just like just chewing on that message over the last couple of weeks. I, I'd encourage you to, to go back and listen to it um, and get it in your spirit because it, it is so important for us to have self-awareness, right? To know what's inside of us that's holding us back. Are you with me? So... I want to read, and I'm going to talk about how God is setting us up, because God is dealing with some stuff right now with us as a church. I mean, we talked about how he's provoking us a few weeks ago, and then um, I, I, I preached a message about a month ago on the sun seat, and how we've been seated in the sun seat next to the Father, and that's a great place to sit, right? And we talked about the sun seat, and then we rolled into having a mentor, and, and Pastor Yolanda ministered on having a mentor and what that means. And that went right into the blind spots in convergence. It's amazing how God will use a mentor to expose your blind spots. Ooh. Wow. Some of us don't want mentors because we don't want to know our blind spots. Real talk. Hashtag. Don't tell me about myself. Right? But it's amazing. And now this message this morning is setting, setting us up. It's setting us up because what God wants to do in our life is so significant. I'm going to read, and then we're going to talk about it. So verse 23, Jesus is speaking. Now, you should listen to all of the Bible, but when Jesus is speaking, you should probably spend a little bit extra attention, right? And so he says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Ha! <laughs> I could just go home right now. <laughs> if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. God's like, I, if you love me, you don't need to tell me. I'll just know because you're obedient. Moving on. So, and my father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which he hears is not mine, but the father's who sent me. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, while being with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace 
I give to you, not as the world gives do I give. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Nor let it be fearful. You have heard that I've said to you, I go away, I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I say I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I've told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you'll believe. Isn't that awesome that Jesus tells, things, tells us things before they happen? Thank God. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. And he has nothing in me. But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. And he says, get up, let us go from here, or let's get up out of here. Are you with me? I want to think about this for a second. Verse 27, Jesus says, My peace I leave you, my peace I give you. So let's think about that for a second, because of all the things that Jesus could have specifically mentioned that he was going to leave with us, he chose to mention peace. He didn't say power. He didn't say money. He didn't say authority. He didn't say grace. He didn't say any of those things. He said, I choose to give you my peace, and I'm going to leave it with you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So there's a difference. There's my peace, and then there's another peace. And the manner in which I give it to you is different than the manner in which the world gives it to you. Say, Pastor Pete, we're with you. See, the Father sends the Holy Spirit, but then Jesus leaves us peace. Peace. Why? Why? And, I, I, and you guys know me by now. Like, I'm always asking that question. Like, why? Like, why would he do that? Like, why? Like, I'm telling you, it will transform your personal study time, if you just ask that question, surround everything you read, like, why in the world? I don't get this. What is he saying? Why? Why would he leave us his peace? Because it's a good thing? I, I mean, I, I would think that there's probably something a little bit more to it, right? Are you with me? All right. Let's get back to that, though, because I don't want to move from the fact that he said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you the way I give to you. So the Lord is revealing to us that there's a peace that exists in this world that is counterfeit to his peace. There's a peace that exists in the world that's counterfeit to his peace. There's the peace that he gives, and then there's another peace, right? This peace originates from a different place and is distinctly different in how it's given. Are you with me? So Jesus said, my peace I give to you and I leave it there. So, you got $5 here. I'm going to give Joaquin $5. Okay, appreciate it. Just hold it right there. 
Okay, I was told there's conditions to this $5. This $5 has conditions. So I'm going to give him $5, right? But, but I'm going to leave it with him. It's yours. Go spend it on whatever you want. Go buy yourself one Starbucks with that. Okay. So I don't say that you call Starbucks four bucks. I love it. Starbucks four bucks. Starbucks four Starbucks. Four. Okay. So anyway, he gives it. And when Jesus gives you something, he leaves it with you. And then he says, not as the world gives do I give to you. I'm going to give it to you and I'm not taking it back. I'm going to give it to you. It's yours. That's a pretty good deal. I noticed that Jesus is not, I'm going to use this phrase and it's probably not politically correct and I might get in trouble. I'm not going to say it. Forget it. <laughs> remember that? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so remember we were younger, they had that phrase Indian giver, you know, yeah. like you give, like I should, it's like politically correct 21st century. I'm probably going to get sued or something. ACLU here? Anywhere? ACLU? Okay, cool. Right? Like you, so like it's the type of giving when you give something to someone and they always take it back, you know, like that happens to me and my kids all the time. Like, they'll give me something, like, Daddy, I want, but you just gave it to me five minutes ago, but I want it now. <laughs> okay, great. So, Jesus says, I'm going to give you my peace. But you know how he can give us his peace? Because he is peace. That's what Paul said. He goes, he is my peace. So, when he gives us peace, he's actually giving us himself. And once he gives us himself, he never pulls away from us. He doesn't just give you him one day and then the next day say, yeah, no, I'm going to take it back. I don't like your attitude today. I don't like the way you talk to your wife today. I don't like the way you talk to your friends today. So give me the peace back. That's not what he does. He says, my peace, I leave with you. Enjoy it. Are you with me? Is this good? Now, the world's peace is not like God's peace because the world's peace is conditional in nature, it's outcome-based peace. It's, I will, ha I will have peace if this condition of my life is satisfied. And if the condition in this life is not satisfied, then that peace is taken away. That's the world's peace. I'll give you peace. Here, here. But I don't like you today, so give it back. Right? The world's peace is conditional in nature. It's outcome-based. It's fickle. I'll have peace if me and my girl aren't arguing. I'll have peace once I get married. I'll have peace once I get a better job. I'll have peace once I have a second car. I'll have peace once I have a child. I'll have peace once I move out of this God-forsaken state, I will have peace. Not Texas. Texas is awesome. Come on. Give it up, Texas. I almost put myself on someone's hit list. I'll have peace when something happens. But the problem with the world's conditional peace is that when the conditions are failed to be met, the peace is forfeited. It's gone. Because it's based... On certain conditions. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. I'm a basket case because I don't know what's going on in my life. It's conditional peace. It's conditional in nature. It requires certain results. 
if you do this, we will have peace. And you never notice that the world's peace, it always overpromises and underdelivers. Because the, the moment you get that requirement, that thing that you so want to have peace in your life, all of a sudden you're not satisfied anymore and you want something else. Are you with me? It just occurred to me that I'm talking kind of loud. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's just, Pastor Gwynmar lets me preach. His fault. Right. I'll have peace once I get out of debt. I'll have peace once I'm in a relationship. But as soon as you satisfy the conditions, it leaves you thirsty for something else. Or as soon as the conditions change, the peace subsides. It's flaky. Anyone ever meet a flaky person? If you're the flaky person, put your hand down. Like, they're one way one day, and then they're another way another day. Um, they're one way, they're, they like me today. Tomorrow they're trying to kill me. They're flaky. Right? Their peace ebbs and flows based on the quality of the day that they are in. Worldly peace. Someone say worldly peace. Worldly peace. Now the world's peace isn't all that bad. Like it's not, it's, it's not terrible. It's, it's, sometimes it's a wise thing to achieve. Like there is a certain level of peace that I get in 80 degree weather on the beach in a bathing suit where no one can see me in a bathing suit. <laughs> That's, there's a certain peace there. But then I lose that peace as soon as I go to the airport. It's gone. But there is, the world's peace isn't that bad. It's just manufactured. It's something that we have to do to achieve it. It's a desired outcome, a certain lifestyle, a success or uh, fame that we're trying to achieve. And the problem is, if we don't recognize the difference between God's peace and the world's peace, we will spend our life chasing results and never have real peace. What we do is, when you have outcome peace, and millions of people are doing this, they live their life and their peace is held hostage by something that they're trying to achieve. A lot of times our dreams hold us hostage to having peace in the present. Our outcomes that we want, even what we, what we put before God, they hold us hostage and we can't enjoy the moment. We can't have peace in the process because we won't have peace until I get the thing that I, I want. Until I get the thing that I want. Are you with me? See, if, you're, if your peace is wrapped up in a relationship, then you'll always be enslaved to people. Hello. Babe, start the car. If your peace is wrapped up in a career, then you'll always be enslaved to a job. If your peace is wrapped up in a comfortable lifestyle, you'll never trust God when things go wrong. And if your peace is wrapped up in an outcome, you will give a result power over you. You'll give a result power over you. Is somebody with me? Is this good or is it just me? It might just be me. And I'm not saying, listen, hear me out. I'm not saying success and accomplishment and relationships are bad. They're not. I want those, right? And pursuing those things are not bad, but they should not be the product. They should be the product of our peace, not the source of our peace. 
Hello. Those things aren't bad, but they should be the product of our peace with God, not the source of our peace in life. Come on, give God some praise. I mean, this is just... Jesus says, my peace I give to you, my peace, I leave it there. I leave it there. See, the world under-promises, right? Yes. Or over-promises and under-delivers, but God over-promises and over-delivers. Yes. He over-promises and then he over-delivers. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I might ask or even think. He over-promises and he over-delivers. Are you with me? See, Jesus said, my peace isn't contingent on anything else. And if my peace comes from him, the cares of this world can't rob me of his peace. I can rest in his love and I can rest in his peace even when everything else is falling apart. If problems steal your peace, then you don't have the peace of God because the presence of problems only prove the peace of God. Those are all a lot of peas. Yes. The presence of problems only proves the peace of God because if you have peace in your problems, then problems don't have power over you and you can walk in the peace of God. There's a reason why it's called the gospel of peace because everywhere it goes, it brings peace. And so if the peace of God is in me, I can walk into a storm, and as long as I have peace, there's going to be peace where I am because I have the peace of God. So y'all crazy, but I don't have to own your craziness because I have God's peace. Oh, stepping, into, stepping into something. So what is the peace of God? Well, let me tell you what it's not. The peace of God is not a beach chair, 80-degree weather, umbrella drink, and your toes in sand. Now, I'll take that. <laughs> Six out of seven days a week, I will take that. But that is not God's peace. I'm not condoning that. Please, God. Difficulty. Nah. Nah, dude. <laughs> peace is not the removal of conflict or difficulty. Peace is not achieved by running from problems and challenges. That's called avoidance. Avoidance. Avoidance is often our cheap substitute for peace. What bill? What? There was a bill? In the, you guys sent me a bill. I didn't get a bill. Pastor Pete helped me. The devil was attacking me. My cell phone turned off. That's not what happened. That's not the devil. You just threw your bill in the trash. <laughs> right? Like, you ever have an argument with someone, and then they pretend like it never happened? And it's like there's a big elephant in the room, and you're like, we had an argument. Are we going to talk about it? Oh, I love your shirt. It's nice, nice shoes. Don't you have these in a different color as well? They're so nice today. I like these shoes. And, like, they pretend like the argument never happened. Like, when we, have, when we sweep issues under the rug, they never magically disappear. They just intensify in the dark. Wow. Oh, snap. Wow. They just get worse. They just get worse. They just get worse, don't they? Right? You don't pay that bill. Not only do you owe more, but you have credit issues instead to also. 
Are you with me? It's, you know it's truth because it hurts. <laughs> right? Ignored issues don't magically disappear. And here's the thing, is that sometimes relationships will break and crumble because people would rather avoid conflict than do what it takes to achieve peace. Many of us don't have peace because we won't humble ourselves to make peace. I'm going to say that again. Many of us don't have peace because we won't humble ourselves to make peace. Hey, man, Ryan, man, I know, um, man, I, I, I love you, man, but you know what you said to me last week really hurt me. It really bothered me. I thought about it for weeks, and, and, and I wish you wouldn't have said that to me. And I felt like it was incredibly insensitive, and I felt like it was terribly rude, and, and I forgive you, but I have to let you know that. I chose him because there's no possible way he would ever do anything like that. But a lot of times, we don't confront things in our life because we don't like confrontation. Or we think that confrontation is wrong when actually it's right. Newsflash for you, we serve a confrontational God. He is all up in your stuff. He is in your business. In fact, you know you are right with God if he's constantly pointing out things that are, need to change in you. Sometimes we're walking around with a limp because God's talking about our pride, our doubts, our issues, our trust issues, our because he is trying, not because he's trying to destroy us, he's trying to facilitate his peace in our life. The end game is all about us walking in peace. It's all about us walking in favor. It's all about us not being held hostage to issues that don't bear his name. Are you with me? Many of us won't have peace because we don't humble ourselves to make peace, right? But the Bible says we should seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. It says in Matthew that blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. In Proverbs it says those who promote peace find joy. Sometimes the peace that you are seeking is on the other side of the conflict that you've been avoiding. Good God Almighty. We serve a confrontational God. That's why, can I be honest for a moment? I know I've already been honest the whole time, but can I be honest again for a moment? Is that he's so confrontational. That's why people avoid him. Because he was going to confront things in your life that are getting in your way in his. And that makes us uncomfortable, doesn't it? Doesn't that make us uncomfortable? Confrontation is not a negative, it's actually a positive. It's a good thing. The reason why we avoid it is because we don't know how to do it, right? But I've noticed is that even when sometimes, even when confrontation is done the wrong way, it still yields a good result. Because we serve a confrontational God. He wants to get in our face and be like, man, you need to stop stealing Pastor Pete's money. <laughs> <laughs> I love this dude so much. So, the, the peace of God confronts issues in you. 
it, it, it begs you to confront issues in you before you confront them in other people. And then once you confront them in you, the Lord will lead you to confront them in other people so that you can have peace and grow. The peace of God does not require conditions. It does not require outcomes. It does not require result. It does not require our understanding. In fact, it says in Philippians that the peace of God passes understanding. It's peace that don't make no sense. It means you can have peace when it doesn't, you shouldn't have peace. And that's a testimony to everybody around you because all hell is breaking loose, but you're chilling in God's peace. In fact, I would say that it's our obsession with having to understand that robs us from walking in peace. I got to understand what's, I got to understand this. I got to understand this. I don't understand this. Why did he say this? Why did this happen? Why isn't this going my way? Why is this happening? Why, 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 why? And we want the answer to why. And God's just like, just trust me in that peace. Don't worry about some things you are never going to know. And you're not supposed to. Some things I don't want to know. I just don't want to know. Like the older I get, I do not want to know why people are the way they are. I will pray for you. But I don't want the backstory. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I'm fragile. I'm fragile. Fragile. It's French. The peace of God is an inner tranquility. It's an inner rest. It comes from being rooted in his love. It comes from knowing that you've been obedient to him. No, there's a peace that comes from knowing you've been obedient. That's what Jesus is talking about. He goes, so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commands me. Jesus walked in complete obedience, and so he walked in complete peace. Even when he was being nailed to the cross, his spirit was at peace because he knew he was in his Father's love. Right? It's an inner feeling of completion or contentment, knowing that you already have everything that you need. Imagine feeling complete before you do something, right? Before you do it, not afterwards, right? The peace of God has nothing to do with our natural inclinations. It's a spiritual position that puts our mind and soul at rest, regardless of what's going around us. The peace of God, the peace with God was secured by Jesus, but the peace of God is received by us. It's available, right? The peace of God is the internal compass of our life. I know that when things aren't going wrong, going, or going wrong around me and everything is not adding up, but there's a peace, I know that's gonna, it's going to work out. It's peace that passes understanding. I also know that when I've gotten everything that I've wanted and the situation looks as perfect as it possibly could be, but I don't have peace, that that's also not God. And so the presence of his peace is an internal compass for me to walk into his will. Because sometimes I can't hear his voice. Sometimes I can't discern what he's saying, but I can always feel his peace. I can always feel his peace, right? And then Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is amazing because that's a directive. Jesus is not saying, hey, I'm not going to let your heart be troubled. I'm not going to let you be afraid. He's saying, you don't let your heart be troubled. You don't let yourself be afraid. 
You guard your heart with all diligence, for out of the flows of the issues of life. Here, this is what Jesus is saying. I've given you my peace, so stop giving it away. I've given you my peace, so stop giving it away every time things don't go your way. Cling to my peace. Live in my peace. Are you with me? There is a responsibility that God gives us, and he says, you must deal with your fear. You must confront your fear because it's robbing you of my peace. Are you with me? It's completely true that God gives us his peace without restraint, but it's also completely true that we can forfeit that peace by aligning our life and being disobedient. Think Peter and the waves. Misalignment in our life will always rob us of God's peace. It's there. He gives it to us, but we can't sense it. We can't perceive it because we're not walking in obedience. We're walking in our flesh. And when you walk in your flesh, you reap of the flesh. But when you walk in the spirit, you reap of the spirit, life everlasting. Are you with me? See, my daughters have puzzles. Like puzzles? I like puzzles. Something very therapeutic about puzzles. Like last year, we did a, a huge puzzle for Christmas. I had family in town. Was that Christmas? Thanksgiving, same thing. So... And we had like the big fat, and all week long we were working on this puzzle. And there was thou a thousand pieces. It was a lot of pieces. And we're, and we're putting this puzzle together, and we got all the way to the end, and there was a piece missing. It was so frustrating. Every day we walk by the puzzle, and there's the piece missing, and it didn't matter how beautiful the thousand piece picture was, that one piece missing was smacking me in the face every time I walked by. Right? And so this is what we do sometimes is when we're building our life, job, relationship. I want kids. And I have some good hobbies. And, you know, I don't know, vacation, nice car. And we begin to align our life in a way that we feel we will like it. But there's always a piece missing. And what happens is we'll build our life, and then we'll find a missing piece, and then we'll, we'll ask God for that piece, but his piece doesn't fit our picture. And the missing piece oftentimes, is his peace. The missing piece is his peace. Oh, snap. Heart's on this side. Is his peace. And so here's what I've learned. If I ask God for his peace before I do something, I won't need to ask for it when I'm done. If I ask for God's peace before I do something, I won't, find like it's, I won't find that it's missing when I get to the end. And so what we do a lot of times is we build our life around our preferences, and then we ask God to add his peace later, and that's just not how it works. Well, God is saying that the, the building blocks to your life actually begin with the presence of my peace. And it may look jacked up and messed up, to everybody around you, 
but I'm building you piece by piece. P-E-A-C-E by P-E-A-C-E by P-E-A-C-E by P-E-A-C-E and everything that I put in your life will add to you, not subtract from you. Sometimes we got to let God just crumple up the pieces and start over. And start with his piece. Are you with me? His peace comes from knowing that you are in the will of God and moving in step with him. I love that scripture says that for man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. See, some of the most successful people in the world have no peace. They're full of fear. They're irritable. They're angry. They're not content. Because they live a life that makes their peace, their sense of belonging, subject to the ever-changing, shallow approval of public opinion. Not the will of God. So God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. He looks at our heart. It's much easier, young people who are here, it's much easier to change your clothes than to change your heart. But I guarantee you that if you start with changing your heart, you'll have the peace of God and you'll feel good no matter what anybody says. People will be drawn to you because they want what you have. I've noticed that when I'm around people, they either want my peace or they attack my peace. Humble people want it. Proud people attack it. Are you with me? Because it's the gospel of peace. How can you have peace? How can you, look, everything's going wrong. How can you be so calm? How can you have peace? Well, because my peace doesn't come from this world. It comes from another world. You see, peace only makes sense through an internal perspective. And the reality is you can take my coat, you can take my shirt, you can take my car, you can even take my family. And as the song goes, it is well with my soul. Because my peace comes from another place. It's not contingent on outcomes. It's contingent on his love. And his love is constant, so his peace is constant. And so I will live in his peace, and I will reject anything that doesn't resemble his peace, and my life will be a funnel for God's peace in the earth. I will be the walking manifestation of the gospel of peace. No matter what is said, no matter what is accused, no matter what happens, because I have my father's peace. I know where I'm going. My name is written on his hand. Are you with me? Are you with me? Listen, God wants to give you his peace. Unbelievable peace. Peace that you wake up to and you go to bed with. Peace that comes from knowing that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. I'm here to tell you that heaven is not a consolation prize Heaven is our inheritance. Heaven isn't a place that we get to go someday. Heaven is a place that we get to bring to earth every day. Amen. And it's the gospel of peace. Are you with me? Is this good? Is this good? Here's what I want to do. Peace comes from knowing that my name is written on his palm. That I am a thought on his mind. Peace comes from knowing who he is. The other day, me and my wife were driving. Um, we, were, we were going down to Dallas, and we were talking about um, a, an issue in our life, and we were discussing it, we were talking about it, and we were talking about 
um, you know, different parameters and subplots and situations and like trying to discern God's will regarding this one situation and God's will is this and how do we know? And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. Let's talk about who God is for a minute. He's faithful. He's for us and not against us. He's not a man that he should lie. He doesn't hide his will from us. He's not going to make us guess. He's not going to make us have to figure it out. He's going to move on our behalf. He's going to work all things out together. And I be, as I began to declare who God was over my life, my heart was filled with peace in that, in that moment. But so here's the thing, and Pastor Winmar said this a few weeks ago, is that sometimes we recognize who God is, but we don't own who he is for us. He's the God of peace for you. But Pastor Pete, you don't understand. If God is for me, then why did this happen? And why did that happen? And why did this happen? And why am I going through this? It's because the measure of peace that he wants to give to you matches the size of your problem. What he wants to do in your life is exceedingly greater than the problem that you're going through. And so he wants to, listen, you do not know how to give out peace unless you've learned how to receive peace in a storm. There's a reason why Jesus slept in boats in storms. Everyone's freaking out. He's asleep. Why is Jesus sleeping in a storm? The boat can tear apart. The boat can flood. Everything can drown. Jesus is sleeping. Why is Jesus sleeping? Because his peace isn't in a natural, smooth sailing ride. His peace is found in knowing that he's in his Father's will. Now, even if the boat capsizes, he's going to be chilling on the beach in a couple days. His peace was rooted in eternal perspective. Your life is seated in heavenly places with Christ. You are eternal beings living in a natural world. Your peace comes from a different place. And no matter what situation you go through, no matter what trial you're going through, there is peace for your process. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.